As tonight's programme has focused on the arts and te reo Māori, we end this week's show with a glimpse into the archives. Thanks to Nga Taonga Kōrero Sound and Vision, we head back to 1994. To an episode of Hepuna Wai Kōrero, we joined Professor Timoti Karetu, who, that year, was the head of Te Tauruwhiri i te reo Māori. He was a guest speaker at the Sir Apirana Ngata Centenary Celebrations at the University of Canterbury. He talked about the service of Sir Apirana Ngata, both to his people to traditional performing arts and the Māori language. Te Tauruwhiri i te reo Māori, the Māori Language Commission, is designated next year, 1995, as Māori Language Year. An initiative of the Chief Māori Language Commissioner, Professor Timuri Karetu, Māori Language Year is designed to focus attention on the status of the Māori language in this country and to encourage Māori and other groups and individuals to make an active commitment to learning and promoting the language. Professor Karetu sees te reo Māori as being on the brink of extinction and could be lost completely within a few generations. Only 10% of the present half-million Māori population are native speakers of the language, that's about 50,000, and a further 150,000 are second-language learners of Māori. Professor Karetu was a keynote speaker during the recent Suapirana Ngata centenary celebrations in Christchurch, marking Suapirana's graduation in 1894, the first Māori student to graduate from university. Professor Karetu began his address formally in Māori, during which he greeted the host people, Ngaitahu, and greeted the memory of Suapirana Ngata. Professor Karetu is a renowned linguist, speaking many languages fluently and colloquially. So, before he begins in English, in about two and a half minutes, listen and feel Professor Karetu's words in Māori. Ngai tahu, mana tangata mana iwi, mana whenua. Te nā koutou, e karanga nei te motu ki te mai. Ki te whakamana, ki te whakamānawa, ki te whakanui, ki te whakarangatira, ki tō tātakau mātua. Te nā koutou, ki te panekira o ngā panekiriatanga, e tū mai nei, e reia mai nei, e te puaheiri a te kōpaka, te tohu mauri o te neo ngā mautere o Aotearoa nei. Nō reira koutou tewi kāinga, karangarā, karangarā, karangarā. E koro e api, ko hoia nei e koe tō waka ki tu o te tāepe patango terangi. Ki te whenua taurikura, e au ei tākou tau moe. Moe mai e koro, moe mai. E kore pea e kitea taurite. Nā uhoki te kōrero i roto i tētahi o waiata, nā te ao, ana hanga. A he ao ke, nāna koe i hanga. Engari aha ko ao ke, ko ngā tūmanako, ko ngā wawata, ko ngā whakarehurehutanga, ko taweri te ano. Te rangona tonuhia nei, te haruru o tapuwae. E rangona tonuhia nei o kupu i ki ai koe, e tipuerea, mo ngā rā o tōuau. Kā tia koro, hoki wairua maira, i runga i tōiwi. E noho nei, e haku nei, e kuatau nei, e whakamānawa nei a koe, mōwi parai te huarahi, ki te mātauranga, ki te oranga. Ia, we tono atua tahi mai ai, kia haramai ki konei kōrero ai whakaaro au. 
me kororo Māori kēpea ka kia mai au te kaiwhakahaere te rāpea he hua kore te rāhua. Engari, kia au nei, mena tātou kei te koro matekau mātuora ko tahi tonu te reo. Ko te rāo ngā reo, engari, he arohātu ki te kaupapa. He arohātu ki a tātou tamuniki e pai nei. Kwa huri a tīmoti ki te rāo ngā reo, me kore e tūpono, ka tūno mārama mai. I wish to preface my remarks with some of the lines from one of the many compositions of Tweeni Ngāwai. Te genius nei, as she was so affectionately referred to by Sapira Nangata. In her way at Tāringa, Karangatiara, formed in 1934 at the opening of the meeting house Te Honokirarotonga, located in Tokomaru Bay. Nā haura e api, nā haura e koro, wero ki taku uma titi rawa i te manawa, oho ana te mauri au era. It was you, api, it was you, sir, who stirred me to the very depths of my being, and I am now inspired. Indeed, what greater inspiration could any young Māori aspiring to the heights of education both in the Māori sense and the Pākehā sense have than Sapirana Tsurupangata, the first Māori graduate of the University of New Zealand. It is recorded that while he was a member of Parliament, he was far more academically qualified than any of his colleagues. When one considers his background, poor in contemporary economic terms, but rich in cultural and linguistic terms, and the trials and tribulations endured by his mother, merely to ensure that he would be conceived and carried to term, it is no mean feat to have achieved such high academic qualifications. There's a very moving description of how his mother wished to become pregnant in, the, in Farekura number 12 or 13 by William Ngata. I think we should all read it. And if you look at that background, then you really appreciate what a great man this man is. He was to prove, exemplify, and epitomize the fact that because, of one's, because one's first language is Māori, it need not be to the detriment of one's command and mastery of English, as so many detractors and opponents of the teaching and learning of Māori would have us believe. Many a Māori parent was, unfortunately, persuaded and convinced by these ignorant people, hence the very parlous state of the language today. Experts in the field of language acquisition say that a strong background in one's first language makes the acquisition of other languages comparatively simple. The obverse also holds true. The lack of a strong language background has led to the poor academic performance of many Maori students. It should be noted that it is not the fact that the first language is Māori, but that the command of the language is not good. Poor language is an impediment to success, no matter what the context. A way of 
alleged to be one of Trini Ngawai's compositions, but performed most often by Ngati Pornik of Wellington, <coughs> offers the following advice. Kia kaha, kia kaha. Takahia ngāruri, ngāruri o apirana, ki te kimi i te ora. Do it. Following the footsteps, in the footsteps of apirana, in his quest for our well-being. Many other academically successful Māori were to follow him, and their names can be recited like a litany. But Sapirana Tsurupangata remains the prime example to emulate. It was he who first strode the halls of academe, thereby inspiring us to follow in his footsteps, whether confidently or diffidently. It seems eminently appropriate and apposite to me, to his excerpts from Haka and Weyataringa, to introduce, to confirm, and to illustrate points for were it not for Sapirana would the Waiataringa have evolved with all its conventions? And would we have been able to have access to classical Waiata with annotated references such as those available to us in the four volumes of Ngamo <coughs> I never ceased to be amazed at this visionary, this man who collected Waiata, Karakia and Haka from all over the country, translated them and explained where possible tribal, mythological and geographical allusions. This collection is a veritable treasure trove which, as stated by him in the preface in part one of Ngā and I quote, in these songs the poetical genius of our ancestors is made evident in their use of the Māori language. In latter times, now remember we're talking about the turn of the century, not 1994, in latter times, in these days of the European, the language is regular, phrases are frequently broken up like an infant walking. In other words, he's saying the language has become very ordinary. That's also true for 1994. In former times, a wealth of meaning was clothed within a word or two, as delectable as a proverb in its poetical form and in its musical sound." Unquote. Few contemporary composers are able to couch their thoughts in a few words without sounding obtuse or obscure and without being incomprehensible. While much has changed in the field of haka, poi, waiata, and waiatairinga, the beauty and appropriateness of the lyric correctly expressed are still the true fundamentals of the art. Without them, the art is meaningless and shallow. Language loss has meant that much of the composer's lyric cannot be readily understood so that the contemporary audience reacts more to the movements than to what is being said, so re-education is essential. It has to be appreciated that the language is more important than the movement. Many Hakka leaders would not agree with me, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> some of the most beautiful lyrics in Waitaharinga are to be found in the compositions of Sir Apirana. Many of his songs are still performed by his people, and others have enjoyed national currency, in particular, He Puti Puti Koe I Katohia. To exemplify what I'm trying to say, let me quote a few lines from some of his compositions. Bring with you the token of valour, fought for with might and main and the spilling of blood, but never ever giving up the struggle. Ngā whare pā tēnā huakina, tewi kia koa, 
Kwa hoki mai ngā tamariki toa ki te ao orae. The houses in mourning for so long, let the mourning now cease. Let us all be joyful, for our brave sons have returned to the world of the living. <coughs> and now probably the most misquoted lines in, in, in action song, He tau aroha koe, koronga aroha. Not koronga aroha, as a lot of people say. Koronga ingara. So please note and get it right. You are my beloved, long yearned for over these many days. And one more quote. Me yaunga fetu, hei puti puti mai. Hei tātai atu ki tōu uma, kōpu i te ao, pare ārau i te pō. If the stars were mine, they would be like flowers, like a bouquet of flowers, with which to adorn your bosom, like Venus in the morning and Jupiter at night. The following lines from the Haka Poropehana, a haka which was composed in opposition to Apirana's wish to declare the East Coast a dry area in the year 1911, give us an insight into another facet of this learned man, his concern for the social welfare of his people. He could see the deleterious effects that alcohol was having on the people, and he wished to minimise those effects by the introduction of legislation to prohibit the sale of liquor. Sapirananata is the man enacting legislation in Wellington. After much criticism, the haka ends with the lines Ka mina waipiro, ka Saying really to Sapirana, no matter what your law does, when I want booze, I can buy it at night. Needless to say, this was one of Sapirana's less successful ventures, as we all know. <laughs> Whatever the criticisms, it must be borne in mind that have been able to convince Kaumatu of all tribes to permit him to record their classical repertoire of haka, karakia and chant is a mark of the great respect and the high regard in which he was held. We, with a strong interest in the field of the Māori performing arts, are forever in his debt. Although there have been many others since who have contributed to these arts, he and Te Pue Aherangi are credited with having introduced the Waiataaringa, now one of the principal features of the Māori dance repertoire. Me mātua wharewhakairo, ka kia te marae he marae. Me mātua korero Māori te tangata, e ki ai he Māori. For a marae to be a marae, it must have a carved house. For a person to be Māori, he or she must speak Māori. These strong words attributed to Saipirananata will no doubt be a point of contention in today's Māori society. If one were to follow his behest literally, then there will be very few marae that could rightly be called so because of this definition. Needless to say, Many marae would strongly oppose that definition because the term involves much more than a carved house. Many of us have been to marae where there have been no carvings and yet have enjoyed the same hospitality that marae with carved houses have offered or in some instances have not offered. 
I doubt that Sarpidana intended us to follow his dictum literally, but rather he wanted us to be stirred by the statement and, as we have seen, the carving school set up in Rotorua under his guidance was to be responsible for many of the beautiful carved houses that dot the landscape and that we now take for granted. It is obvious that what Sapirana had intended was that the art of carving be revived, retained and extended, but it was never to be permitted to languish. The second part of the statement says, to be Māori, one must speak Māori. The statement is alleged to have been made sometime between 1910 and 1925, when approximately 92% of the Māori population was Māori speaking. It seems odd, therefore, that he was moved to make such a statement. Many of today's generation would react very quickly to this remark by saying that because of their blood quantum, they are Māori. But that point is not in dispute. What Sir Apirana is saying is, is that we need more than just the blood quantum to be Māori. Let me cite my own case. On my natural father's side, his father was English and his mother had an Irish father and a half-English, half-Māori mother. On my natural mother's side, there's the Scott blood, Scots blood of the McGregors, the Italian blood of the Ciesias, and the Māori blood of the Caritus. Anyone who's into blood quanta would immediately see that in purely blood terms, the Māori blood is less than the Pākehā. However, my whāngai mother, Maupare Taiwera, was of Ngāti Tāwhaki, of Ōpū Tāurua Tāhuna, e Ngāhina Ruātoki, and Te Whānau Pani of Waimako Waikaremoana. My whāngai father, Tamekaretu, the older brother of my natural maternal grandfather, Erea Tarakaretu, was of Ngāti Uraki Terangi, of Taupunga Marae Wai Marama, and Ngāti Hinekura of Te Kuha Waikaremoana. Both claim to be full-blooded. And since the Māori family accepts that the Whāngai side has equal validity with the natural side, I can claim that I come of full-blooded parents. <laughs> fortunately for me, fortunately for me, growing up in both Waikaremoana and Ruatahuna and Waimarama eventually, Māori was the predominant language of the two communities, so that I grew up speaking Māori in spite of myself. Therefore, by Sapirana's definition, my credentials as a Māori person are beyond question. <laughs> Lawyers, please note, to draw an analogy with my meeting house statement, one can say that Sapirana did not really mean that without the language one is not Māori, but that one needs, in fact, to keep the language alive. It says much for the, it says much for the foresight of this Komātua that he should have made such a remark at a time when it appeared that the language was not severely threatened. I wonder what his reactions would be were he here today. As stated earlier, over 92% of the Māori population were Māori speaking in the year 1910. And today in 1994, we have no true idea of how many people speak Māori as a first language, how well they speak it, and what the speech domains are. A 1994 recording of Hepuna Wai Korero hosted by the late broadcaster Hinare Teua. We heard from Professor Timoti Karetsu. He was talking at the Su Apirana Ngata Centenary Celebrations at the University of Canterbury. The audio is supplied by Nataunga Korero Sound and Vision.